as I'm seeing all these major cities um, call to disband and defund police stations, uh, I just couldn't help but think of the arrogance of modernity. You know, living in the modern era has so many amazing upsides. Modern medicine and just all the advancements of science and, and um, you know, there's just, it's an amazing time to be alive. But that being said, it comes with a certain arrogance as well. And that is as we leave our roots, as we leave the foundational text of our culture, which is the Bible. And even if you don't believe in the Bible, that's that's fine. But it is still the foundational text of our culture and our society. And there should be respect given to it, even if you don't believe um, that Jesus you know, was raised from the dead or whatever. Even if that's too far for you, you should still see the value and the advancements to society that were made because of the Bible and the ways that society will go off the rails without it. So um, anyway, in light of uh, these things taking place in the world, I wanted to read a piece from a commentary on Genesis by Dennis Prager. This piece is an essay called The Belief That People Are Basically Good Is Foolish and Dangerous. The Torah, as this verse makes apparent, does not hold that people are basically good. The idea that human beings are born good and corrupted by society is a relatively new one, largely associated with philosophers of the French Enlightenment such as Jean-Jacques Rousseau. It is difficult to overstate how wrong and how morally destructive this idea has been. It is another example of the damage caused and the foolishness generated by Western society's abandonment of the Bible. To believe people are basically good after all the horrors committed by human beings against other human beings throughout history is to engage in a level of irrational thinking that has few parallels. How can a rational person believe people are basically good? Are there any parents who haven't had to teach their children to be good people? How many times has the average parent told his or her child, say thank you? If people were basically good, wouldn't telling a child once or twice suffice? Why would all of us need to be told thousands of times to express gratitude to someone who has done us a kindness? Haven't most children been bullied, physically hurt, or sadistically taunted by other children? What percentage of children have been physically, verbally, or sexually abused by adults? If people are basically good, how does one account for all the Roman citizens who paid to watch and laugh at people eaten alive by wild animals, men fighting each other, to the death, and women raped by animals in the Roman Colosseum. Were all these people aberrations? What about all the wars, few of which were morally justified with their mass killing, barbarity, torture, and rape? If people are basically good, why did virtually every society in history practice slavery, which, in addition to its inherent cruelty, was so frequently accompanied by sadism? And then there's the 20th century, the century in which more people were murdered than in any other recorded century. It included the Holocaust, the Nazi genocide of the Jews of Europe, and Nazi mass murder and sadism throughout German-occupied Europe. The Soviet Union, which murdered between 20 and 30 million innocents during Stalin's regime. Cambodia, where the communists murdered nearly a third of the Cambodian population. Ukraine, where 4 to 6 million people were starved to death by the Soviet communists. And China, where the communist regime under Mao Zedong starved at least 60 million people by sending food abroad to pay for weapons. The Japanese massacres of Chinese and Korean civilians. 
use of hundreds of thousands of Chinese and Korean women as comfort women for their soldiers, and the Nazi-like medical experiments without anesthesia on Chinese civilians. The Hutu mass murder in a 100-day period of between 500,000 and 1 million in Rwanda, and the Turks mass murder of Armenians. Why, in light of all this evidence, have some people chosen to believe man is basically good? One reason is many people who don't believe in God and religion have to believe in man or they will have nothing to believe in, and that would lead to complete despair. Another reason is the rejection of the Bible as people's primary source of wisdom. Bible-based Jews and Christians do not believe people are basically good because the Bible says they're not. A third is naivete resulting from living in a good society. During a debate I had with two students with left-wing views at the University of California, Berkeley, I asked the students if they believe people are basically good. They said yes. I replied the reason they believe that is because they live in America, a very decent society, largely populated by decent people. And America's decency is largely the legacy of its adherence to a biblical worldview throughout most of its history. Why is the belief that people are basically good dangerous? Number one, children are not taught to be good. Parents and teachers who believe people are basically good do not feel the need to teach children how to be good. Why teach what comes naturally? Only when people realize how difficult it is to be a good person do they realize how important it is to teach goodness. In our time, there is virtually no character education in schools and parents are more likely to be concerned with a child's self-esteem than with their self-control and more concerned with their children's grades than their goodness. 2. God and religion become morally unnecessary. If we are basically good, who needs a transcendent source of morality? A good God or a Bible? In the West and elsewhere, the more people have come to believe people are basically good, the less religious and the less Bible-centered they have become. And the less religious and less Bible-centered they have become, the more they have come to believe people are basically good. Number three, society, not the individual, is blamed for evil. Another dangerous conclusion drawn by people who believe people are basically good is outside forces rather than the individual are to blame for human evil. If people are basically good, the reasoning goes, the evil that people do must be caused by something outside of them. Why else would a basically good creature commit evil? This is why most widespread modern explanations for violent crime have been poverty. Poverty causes crime, the argument goes. But this is just not so. For one thing, the great majority of poor people do not commit violent crime. They don't because they have a moral value system that tells them criminal violence is wrong. And what could possibly link poverty to, let us say, rape? If one argues poor people steal because of poverty, at least there is a plausible link between the two. But what has poverty got to do with rape? The Carter Center, named for its founder, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter, issued a statement, one of whose subjects was poverty and terrorism. Under that heading, it wrote, Effectively addressing poverty can make an important contribution to avoiding conflict and combating terrorism. Likewise, when he was the U.S. Secretary of State, John Kerry, also a one-time presidential candidate, said, we have a huge common interest in dealing with this issue of poverty, which in many cases is the root cause of terrorism. 
Those who link terrorism to poverty might consider, for example, the economic backgrounds of the Islamic terrorists who killed 2,977 people on September 11th. The terrorists came from middle and upper class families, and the architect of the attack, Osama bin Laden, was a multimillionaire. Since people who believe in evil ideologies are as likely to be wealthy as they are poor, ending poverty does virtually nothing to end ideological evil. It also does nothing to end non-ideological crime. If escaping poverty made people better, the rich would be the kindest and most honest people in the world. Another outside force frequently blamed for violent criminality, when the criminal is a member of a minority race or ethnicity, is racism. Yet the same arguments against attributing violent crime to poverty apply to attributing violent crime to racism. The great majority of individuals who are members of a racial minority, such as blacks in America, do not commit violent crimes, and did not do so even when they were subjugated to systematic racially-based persecution. And the reason is clear. Their moral values did not permit them to do so. Values and moral self-control matter far more than outside forces. Nearly all people who commit violent crimes do so because they possess a malfunctioning conscience, a morally defective value system, and or lack impulse control. The best way to make good people is through the combination of good values, good laws, and a God who commands goodness, such as that of the Bible. If people lived by the Ten Commandments alone, the world would be a beautiful place. The biblical view of human nature was perfectly described in secular terms by Professor James Wilson, a Harvard and UCLA political scientist. The forces that may easily drive people to break the law, a desire for food, sex, wealth, and self-preservation, seem to be instinctive, not learned, while those that restrain our appetites, self-control, sympathy, and a sense of fairness seem to be learned and not instinctive. Those who blame evil on outside forces, i.e. society, rather than on the individual, will encourage people to battle society rather than battle their nature. Indeed, the need to change society rather than have people control their nature has become the dominant outlook in the Western world. The Torah teaches that, especially in a free society, the battle for a good world is not between the individual and society, but between the individual and his or her nature. There are times, of course, when the battle for a better world must concentrate on evil emanating from outside the individual. This is always true in a tyranny and is sometimes true in democracies. But even then, in free societies, the battle for a moral world is waged primarily through the inner battle that each of us must wage against our nature, against weakness, addiction, selfishness, ingratitude, laziness, and evil. The most important question a society that wishes to survive can ask is this, how do we make good people? But societies that believe people are basically good will never ask that question.